once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Three. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. Your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aliyah. And we are back again with Kevin Stewart-Panko, our sometimes co-host, uh, who is joining us today to discuss uh, music criticism. Uh, it's because Aliyah has recently started reading a book about music criticism. It was written back in the 1800s, so she thought it'd be an interesting topic to do. Uh, so with that, we are going to start it off with Aliyah to lead us into the proceedings. Uh, disclaimer, audiobook. I'm not actually reading it. Audiobook. Same shit. Audiobook. Same I'm shit. cheating. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I just started listening to this audiobook called How to Listen to Music, um, written in 1895. Um Kevin and I were both surprised that they even had music journalism back then, but I guess it makes sense. They have newspapers, so. Um, and music. <laughs> and music, yeah. So why not? Somebody's um, got to complain about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess I want to take kind of a two-pronged approach with this discussion. Um, firstly, you know, I'm thinking the topic we can help maybe help music journalists who want to think more about hone their craft um and also we can kind of maybe help musicians understand how reviewers listen to their music so maybe they don't take negative reviews so personally or just maybe see it from a different perspective um so hopefully it can be helpful in some regard all right um i guess i'll start with a quote um, I'm just going to skip to this quote, too, that I listed here, um, and then we'll kind of talk about it. Um, he says that it is even more obvious that there is something radically wrong with the present systems of musical instruction. It is because of a plentiful lack of knowledge that so much that is written on music is without meaning, and that the foolish, the most foolish kind of rhapsody, so it show a collocation of fine words, is permitted to masquerade as musical criticism, and even analysis. What do you think about that? Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Just put some pretty um, words together. Well, I think that, okay, so let's back up a bit. I think that when we talk about, um, I think the original sort of way that Curtis framed this earlier today was how to listen to music critically or something like that. Mm, um, yeah. I think that what one thing that we have to sort of look at is or sorry um reframe the idea of looking at or sorry listening to music critically doesn't necessarily have to mean negatively i think inherently the word criticism involves negativity right um, nowadays it tends to be associated with neg negativity right right so i think that that's some one thing uh, I don't know if you want to call it a myth I wanted to spell, but like one thing I would kind of want to clarify that listening to something critically or intently or closely or whatever doesn't have to be equated with negativity. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? I was going to say something else too. Oh, I think, okay. So in, in regards to that quote, um, there are two things about it that sort of jumped out at me when, like when I first read it. Now, it's ironic that this sort of, 
came up the other day when I was talking to somebody or interviewing somebody, I don't know, but they were just kind of going on about how um, old school death metal versus new school death metal. And the fact that what you have now, these, a lot of younger bands these days are learning from instructional YouTube videos, um, as opposed to, you know, I like these, you know, however many number of bands all from different sort of genres. And we're making this stuff as we go, making this stuff up as we go along it, like they did in the late, in the late eighties, early nineties, as opposed to there's all this history that you can go back and look at, and you can look at some dude teaching you how to sweet pick arpeggios and blast beats and gravity blasts and all that kind of stuff on YouTube. And you're kind of, I think in some way you're at a disadvantage. Um, and it kind of plays into the first part of that quote about there's something radically wrong with the present systems of musical instruction, where it's just like people are kind of jumping on what already exists and sort of just, all right, here we go. I'm just going to do this because that's what I think this genre of music is supposed to be about. Um, yeah, like right. maybe doing things without fully understanding how it got to that point in the first place. There's that, yeah. There's also a lack. I mean, I'm I'm being very, I'm making like kind of sweeping generalized statements, but there's a lack of um, um, like daringness or willing to step outside of that sort of codified, um, you know, whatever tunnel vision that you get with really sort of strict formal instruction. I mean, you always hear the stories of bands talk about talking about, um, you know, I learned all this theory. But then when I went and started writing songs, I threw out the theory and just kind of went with my gut or went with what sounded good and that kind of stuff. So um, I guess that plays into it. But sorry, going to the, the actual analysis, criticism, whatever part. Like I said, guilty. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I, I have made no bones about it ever that I just like entertaining myself when I try and write and create comparisons with bands and compare them to certain things that people wouldn't normally imagine or think of or make myself laugh or whatever i mean if that's not real music criticism accord according to henry edward kribel then fuck you henry edward kribel i don't care it's like i'm not doing this for any like in my case anyway i'm not doing this for anybody really but myself i mean i like to help bands out and i like to help labels out and i like to help people out and i like to you know whatever but you know i i kind of just I've always done it because that's what I like to do. Now, I think one of the huge differences with this quote, or not huge difference, but one of the things that stands out for me with this quote is that I think when you're using, as he says, a, a collocation of fine words per, permitted to masquerade as musical prison, that's, yeah, that's cool. And that's, you know, I guess he's getting his point across as being disparaging and stuff, but I think there's, a certain amount of yeah there's a certain amount of repetition there's a certain amount of whatever that's going to come with the volume of stuff that i am exposed to and have to write about on a monthly basis like there's only so like i make i make this stupid joke all the time about and i'm you know i'm not the only one who does it but i mean like the stupid joke all the time about how there's only you know there's only so many synonyms for the word brutal um you know i mean right <laughs> so i can only i can only describe a, a band as brutal or using that word so many times before it's like, all right, well, now I'm gonna have to think of something else. And I guess if that's not um, serious criticism, or if that's I not, don't, I don't think that that's what he's saying. I think I think he. All right, he well, tell me what he's saying. it a little later. Um, 
um, that that's not exactly what he's saying. Um, but he did mention, and I guess that's a huge difference between 1894 music journalism and today's music journalism. They probably had a crap ton more time to write about stuff back then. Yep. Than we do, and then you do, you know, you're having to do so many articles in one week, you know, uh -huh. um, totally different um, in that regard. But um, just going back to that music criticism point, I think that this is, um, he mentioned, he kind of clarified like who this book was for. And he said, it's obviously, it's not for music professional people who are musicians, it's not for people who, um, are like music pr professors or something. It's not about technical um, assessment of music. Um, he says that it's more about uh, taking on the approach that uh, the common conception of yielding the common conception of entertainment in favor of the higher enjoyment, which springs from serious contemplation of beautiful things. So that is like kind of what you were talking about. Critically listening is serious contemplation of what you're listening to. Do you okay. feel like that's kind of the difference between, or maybe just what do you feel is the difference between someone who's just listening to music for entertainment value versus somebody who's listening to music for the purpose of writing a critique of it? Hmm. Um, I think that if you're, okay. So somebody who's listening for the sheer sake of just enjoyment, which I, I hope we all still do. <laughs> I mean, I think that it allows you to sort of just put something on and not have to consider, um, you know, it's like the background, its influences, its place in a broader context. Um, you know, uh, like the, the music musicological aspect of of it you don't have to do that you can just put it on and i do this with stuff that i you know don't necessarily like music that you wouldn't think that somebody wearing what am i wearing today a worm rot hoodie would listen to i put on stuff and i'm like all right i don't have to think about 38 special i can just put on 38 special and yeah country rock cool you know what i mean and rock out i don't have to you know, if someone wants me to write about something, that's a different thing. Because normally there's like, okay, well, you know, there's there's a word count. You got to throw some stuff in there. You got to like throw in some context. You got to throw in like background, where is this coming from? Especially, you know, if it's a band that has like, you know, if they're on their fifth record, comparisons to the past, how they've grown, how they've developed, if they have, um, where, you know, possibly where they're going. There's more to it, I guess, because there needs to be more to it as opposed to I like 38 special because they rock. <laughs> you know I mean, and that's not really, that's not really a review that anyone's going to pay me to write, but that's what I think of when I put on, you know, wild eyed Southern boys or some shit, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. So um, I don't know if that helps or answers the Absolutely. Question. Absolutely. There's a lot more context that you have to consider then when you're writing right. a review. Yeah, absolutely. And, I think that um, I, I would kind of, I'd be interested to hear like people who like yourself, who, who yourselves who aren't doing what I do, but are still involved to whatever degree, but also still, I'm, I'm, you know, read reviews and all that kind of stuff. What do you see in reviews that you like or dislike, or what do you look for 
do you look for something specific or are you just kind of like you know you read something and go okay i'm just going to kind of go with whatever this person has and just sort of enjoy what they're writing and then possibly check out this record at the end of the day Ooh, ooh! i want to answer first Right. Okay. Because I'm I'm the only I'm the only non-musician here, so um, I know literally nothing about music other than the fact okay. that I get paid to uh, promote it. Uh, so what I'm looking for is just like what one thing that Corey does really well. I'm going to shout Corey out is she talks about how the music makes her feel when she's writing, and okay. the type of emotion that you get from it, and kind of like the feelings that you get from listening to it. Uh, what I'm not, what I do not like is when it gets all technical and they start, you know, talking about how they're playing and stuff like that. Cause I don't know anything about that. I, I literally don't like, I, I, I have no idea. So from a fan perspective, um, I'm looking for the comparisons, like you said, to other bands. Uh, and I'm also looking for like, uh, you know, like, how does it make them feel emotionally? That type of thing. That's me personally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And even as a musician, I would say it's kind of the same, like, a lot of times I will like, I like listening to the music and forming my own opinion. I never just take an author's word for at face value, you know, um, for my own opinion. But sometimes, sometimes, especially if I like an album, I'm curious to read what the negative reviews say. If it's well-written and critically written, not like haters, but like real journalism that's negative about it. I'm, I'm curious to read that. And and hear what what uh, people have to say about it, um, just to kind of balance out my perspective. Because sometimes I can get over enthusiastic about stuff that I like, and like maybe I need to reel it back a little bit. Um, nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing I wrong with know. that at all. No, nothing wrong with that at all. I just like having a more uh, balanced perspective. So. I, I like enthusiasm like that. Uh, one thing. Okay, so Kevin. I just have a, I'm kind of curious, what, what's your opinion? Like when you're reading reviews, like, what are you looking for? Um, if you do, I, oh, I still, I definitely do. Cool. Uh, I'm not looking, I mean, it's different for me because I generally probably have either heard or like I have most of what I'm reading about. Mm -hmm. I've already had it for like three or four months. True. So I've heard I've heard this record however many times or, you know, it's been sitting there waiting to be listened to. So I don't you know, and I get the press kits and stuff. So I, I don't really need the comparisons in a Fair. review. But that's me because, you know, the volume of stuff I get, plus the way I receive that stuff, um, I look for. I, I think it's the same thing with Aaliyah, like I kind of with records that I enjoy or don't like or whatever, that I just kind of like to see what other people you know, have to say about it whether i've missed something or whether they you know if they're hearing it completely different yeah um or the same or i just like people who are able to put stuff into prose that you know like they somehow describe it in a way that i wasn't able to describe it or hadn't thought of describing it yeah i like that too um yeah 100 yeah um you know i I don't know. I mean, I know different people are way into like I know people who, I know there's certain people who are really into like wanting to know like the factual things like where it was recorded. Yeah. Who was the producer, all that yep. kind of stuff. And I know people, you know, people who are certain people who are very big, you know, gearheads and studio tech type people, they want to know like the more about the process of how it was done. Yeah. You know, and I guess to each his own, but 
their each their own um but yeah i mean for me i'm just kind of i don't know i just like i just at this point i just kind of like something that's well written yeah which is why i stick to you know the you know the the the, the decibels and the metal hammers and you know like the, the the old reliable print magazines that have like people who have been doing it for a long time and have yeah. that history because i've developed whatever kind of reader writer relationship with them whether i know their tastes or not like you know if i or sorry whether i share taste with them or not so it's like if somebody has a similar taste to me and they're writing about whatever and i can be like you know get into it or empathize or understand or whatever and it's the same thing with somebody whose tastes are completely opposite of mine and they're writing about so and so and i can be like oh okay cool this is you know it might sound like something i want to check out even though like i don't normally like anything that this guy or girl or you know pumps or pimps or whatever you want yeah. to call it you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. so yeah. there you go i don't know i mean <laughs> I, i'd agree with you also like, i i must con i must confess that i'm really far behind in my reading like in terms of like everything i get comes to me and it's like in an in order orderly uh, fashion i read it in the order that i get it but right now I literally just read like the issue of decibel that had like midnight on the cover and like that midnight record has been out for how long now? Like eight and, months. Yeah. Like that's, that's how if far behind I am in terms of like all my reading. So <laughs> I'm, <Nice. laughs> I'm nice. reading reviews that are like, you know, there's no real um, um, like release anticipation to them. I'm reading stuff of like, uh, that's been out for, for months and I'm, you know, I still enjoy it. I'm just like, that's my yeah. own fault for being, you know so far behind and whatever what what mag so you think decibel and metal hammer basically are like the two standards you would say for reviews then no i mean i don't know i mean i i what i have noticed is that a, a fair number of the newer magazines are sort of don't have re review sections at all anymore they revolver revolver don't well they didn't last time i looked that was like few months oh ago. yeah you're right yeah yeah like yeah, the they last, just did yeah, all yeah. Revolver, I think. yeah yeah so yeah but i mean you know in that sense too sometimes it's just interesting you can get a vibe about what a band is all about or an artist is all about by reading you know a well-written story or a, an in-depth interview um yeah i mean as far as reviews go i you know i i, I would say decibel probably my go-to yeah has been since the beginning um to a lesser extent, zero tolerance. Uh, no, you know, no comment. No comment. That wasn't a positive. That didn't sound positive at all. No, I mean, I mean, you're you're good, Kevin. You're good, Kevin. I'll I'll give you props. I don't know about that, but I know. So, I mean, they have they they have a very extensive review section. They do. They're, okay, um, let me let me clarify. There are some reviewers at that at in that magazine that I would not say I enjoy reading, but I'm not going to say which ones, obviously. But there are some that are quite good. And I'm going to get flagged yeah. by zero tolerance now. I can just feel it, but whatever. Never reviewing any of your artists again, Curtis. Whatever. 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 Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin has yeah. to stick up for me now. Who else? I mean, you know, I, I, I do some online reviews and stuff. So, you know, that's not really a magazine, but, you know, like. I, I still really like some reviewers on Angry Metal Guy. I still really like reading their stuff. So uh -huh. they, they're actually not bad. They've just. They just get too angry is the problem. That's well, why it's fun, though. You know, it's kind of a shtick. Yeah. Do you know Angry Metal Guy, Kevin? Do you know what we're talking about? 
I not very well. I okay. I know, I know of it. I you know okay. that's another thing too, man. I I can't keep up with Fair. everything that's out there. I just you know, Fair. like we were saying earlier, there's only so many twenty. There's only so many hours in a day, and they're it's limited to twenty four. Yeah, twenty four is a lot different now than it used to be. No, fair enough. Yeah, Angry Metal Guy is basically a roast site. Yeah. you know, but yeah. sometimes they don't negative. Sometimes they positively review stuff. What's in the odd wall? Yeah. Yeah. But, Anyways, we've uh, gone off track, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Well, a, yeah. a bit, a bit. A bit. Um, a bit. we can get back on track. I'm gonna just paraphrase this quote because it's pretty long. Sorry, <laughs> did you want to get to this thing first about how does? How a journalist listens to music that might be different from the average music, or do we do we kind of cover that? That was kind of I kind of phrased that a little bit differently, but yeah. Okay. Was there something about on that topic that you didn't cover? Um, no, I. We I just talked about so. how the, there's like a lot more context when you. Yeah. Um, I think also it comes down to um, like oh I mentioned the volume of stuff. Um, I think also it's like. And this happens to everybody. It's, I, I've had I've had friends say to me, it's like, you know, like they inadvertently, whether they realize whether at first they realize it or not, they listen to stuff differently when they get tasked with a review, like especially newer reviewers mm -hmm. um, or if they're writing for a, a new magazine or site where it's like, oh, I, you know, they, they're sort of feeling that pressure to impress or it's like, you know, the early days. So I think there's, you know, like whatever that particular person is experiencing as part of their assignment goes into how they listen to it as well. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, like we're saying, average music can just throw it on and be like, yeah, this rocks. It's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing right. I also wanted to mention just about uh, what I've noticed with newer reviewers, at least, is that sometimes they will try to impress too much if you get what I mean like they'll they'll try to make themselves look cool and they'll do actual disses just to make themselves look cool do you know what I mean no I don't not have I don't know if I've really I've, noticed that what I've I seen have it noticed okay yeah okay I mean but what I what I have noticed is that sometimes you have people who um I guess because you know like if you get an if you get a, um an assignment for a print magazine which obviously has limited amount of space yeah you get say so you get one or two reviews assigned to you for that month i find that sometimes newer people will it's almost like they're trying to cram in like every single thought they have because it's like so limited and it's like sometimes it gets scattershot yeah um where it's like okay well you know pick a lane and stick in it kind of thing where it's like um but at the same time, I understand that because you don't you don't know if you're going to be able to have this voice again or for how long you're going to have it. So you kind of want your you want your shit out there, basically. Yeah. So so there you go. I don't know. That's that's just some. Yeah, I think that's really helpful feedback for people who are in, in music journalism. You know, that's like the the mind of editing your review. Like you can have all these thoughts, but like. Right. Make, make and I mean, I think that digestible. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that it, just because I have X amount of years of experience doesn't mean that I'm immune to it. I mean, just recently I had to, I had some shit of mine edited rightfully so <laughs> because a, I'm not going to get into it, but um, yeah, it was just like, okay, well, you know, so-and-so chopped up this bits and pieces of it because I think they were probably right. And I just, 
you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, it just slipped by my own personal thing, but that's what editing is for, right? That's what editors are for, like hopefully save your ass once in a while. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. That's a shout out to the guy who did it. <laughs> nice. All right. Sorry. That's okay. I mean, we were kind of talking about this earlier and uh, maybe I will read it because I can't articulate it as well as the author. Um, he says, that quote, as a rule, it will be found that writers on music are divided into two classes and that neither of these classes can do much good. Uh, too, too often they are either pedants or rhapsodists. This division is wholly natural. Music has many sides and is a science as well as an art. Its scientific side is that on which the pedant generally approaches it. He is concerned with forms and rules with externals to the forgetting of that which is inexpressibly nobler and higher. But the pedants are not harmful because they're not interesting. Strictly speaking, they do not write for the public at all, but only for their professional colleagues. The harmful men are the foolish rhapsodists who mm. take advantage of the fact that the language of music is indeterminate and evanescent to talk about the art in such a way as to present themselves as persons of exquisite sensibilities rather than to direct attention to the real nature and beauty of music itself." Unquote. Interesting. That's kind of what, what Curtis was talking about earlier, was it yeah. not? Yep. 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 So what's the question, Alia? Um, that was I a thought, lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot, but it's not that much. It's like there's two kinds of music reviewers. Yeah. Tech, technical yeah pedantic um, pedantic people and then there's people that are like really flowery and just want to make themselves look like they know a lot and they have really good taste um i, also think I don't that, think sorry i was going to say i also think that the second part of that quote in i don't know if, I, if i'm misinterpreting it but it also seems that part of what he's saying there is also people who put themselves into their criticism yep um which is something that I've, you know, everyone kind of does it and there, there's a way to do it um, that so that you're not sort of coming across as a wannabe tastemaker or, you know, wannabe know-it-all. But yeah. I've had to coach um, many, many people over the years about writing reviews or, you know, doing whatever, but doing it more from the point of view of somebody like the all- this is going to sound this this is going to sound so like i don't know arrogant or whatever no, but tell us tell like us the the all-knowing sort of detached um authority as opposed to i don't like death metal so this new death metal record sucks and blah 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 blah, blah. like mm -hmm. if you're going to do this it? and we've sorry depersonifying depersonifying it right yeah yeah and i think that if, if you're going to do this to whatever professional degree or even like just the like like we we're talking about before like the volume of degree like you're gonna have to you're gonna encounter stuff you don't want to necessarily wouldn't necessarily listen to on and we've talked about this before in previous mm -hmm. podcasts mm -hmm. where it's like you should be able to hear something and sort of say to yourself okay basically this is either good or bad and this is why whether you would like that genre music or whether you would listen to that in your free time or not you should be able to um you know have a finely tuned enough ear to say okay there's a difference between you know 
this and A and B, and this is why, or this is why A is good, and this is why B is bad, even though it's the same genre. And but I don't listen to that genre, so there you go. And yeah, I don't know. I is that making sense? Yep, one hundred percent. Well, I I was also taking it. I can see see it from that viewpoint too. But I was also taking it where you kind where the reviewer will make themselves the story. Do you know what I mean? Where like they and, talk about themselves, how they went to a show, and blah 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 blah, blah type of a thing. And sometimes that's cool. It can be, yeah. You've it pulled can, it off yeah. well. You did. I've seen a few where you've done it well. Yeah, I, I know there are people who do it well. Yeah, people who do it better than I do. And part it of the happens. thing is though, when you when you start doing that as part of your sort of, um, well, first of all, if that's like your only angle, yeah, exactly. That's twenty reviews, and that's your angle twenty times. Well, it's yeah. you know you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, mm-hmm. but also, um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Shit, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Yeah, um, explain what you were gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Well, I kind of look at it from the viewpoint, like if you were doing a review of like, okay, so um, you're talking about, I don't know, Opeth, for example, and your whole review is all about first time you heard Opeth, times you've seen Opeth, and then you mentioned a little bit about the album at the end of it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, you know, sometimes, like I said, like sometimes it can be done well, you know, overwrought, you know, over, overdoing it that way is kind of not because you're placing yourself into it as opposed to, um, as a, you're, you're sorry you're highlighting yourself as opposed to highlighting what you're supposed to be talking exactly about. yeah um you uh granted i mean you know with the propon or propon that's not the word with the sort of glut of reissues that have come out yeah. over the course of the pandemic it's hard especially if you know you have a history with a record yeah and you're now you're reviewing or writing about a reissue with like added bonus demo tracks and live whatever at a show you might have even been at yeah um yeah you're kind of like you know there's cause sometimes to put yourself into it yeah but you know like i said not not all the time because it gets tiresome and yep i mean i think that also goes back to let me look at the quote again where it kind of goes back to where in some small way you are where is it writing to your colleagues or whatever it is yeah i I think it was the first quote yeah strictly speaking they do not write for the public but for the professional colleagues yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i mean maybe not even that maybe you're just writing to who your audience or your own friends or something i don't know um i can there's a couple writers like detachment's a good word alia that's that's a good word for it so there you go (laughs) um now one other thing i wanted to bring up because this book was obviously written back when he's talking about he's talking about critically writing about like symphony Mm -hmm. stuff or instrumental music a lot of that and not so much you know music with vocals or or lyrics or grindcore (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, I, I wrote this question before I thought about it and I don't really think it's the case that people, um, I don't know. I, I wrote, do, does the fact that music have lyrics now take away from people and even journalists desire to listen to the music in and of itself and critique the music in and of itself? I, I saw that question. Sorry. I, I saw that question and I was kind of like, 
um it's kind of weird because i'm not a big lyric person and i um, think that's kind of a lot of the case like people don't but, really care about well in mm. in in heavier music yes i yeah. think we're more sort of um uh attuned to the sound of the voice as an instrument as opposed to a lot of the time what they're saying and granted it's like you know i don't you know i don't want to like diss or you know minimize all the lyricists out there who put time and, and energy into it because no yeah and, and there are you know great whatever but i think that it, it just sort of goes with the genre um so if you if you on the other hand if you look at a lot of indie rock reviewing and indie rock journalism which i have done in the past um there is and this is why I, like, I found it really difficult to get into a lot of indie rock journalism, but there's a huge, or at least there was at the time, like a big focus on lyrics and mentioning quotes of lyrics and reviews and in stories and stuff, and a big focus on what's, what's being said. Um, and I just never, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I don't listen to enough of the music to like really care, but I, that's one of the things I noticed. And I don't really, you know, I used to write about jazz, but I'm not a big fan of vocal jazz. So I don't really know if vocal jazz gets the same treatment or if it's just indie. That's a, a particular thing to the world of indie rock. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys, well, first of all, I don't know how much indie rock record no, review like you write over favorite. here. What's that? It's like my least favorite genre. Okay. So you probably don't know, but yeah. I need indie rock. I don't mind. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed that, Curtis. It's just like, a lot of reviewing well there there are significant amounts of mentioning of lyrics i um, didn't really think about it until you mentioned it but yes i do i do i do see what you're saying and um i guess in in, in that world there's an importance to it granted yeah i think that like what what's this dude's name henry something henry edward creville so I, yeah i think he's talking about like instrumental, like you said, symphonies, orchestras, maybe like the beginnings of like, um, I don't even know, like how long would it take? Maybe not because by the time this guy wrote a book out on like a primitive typewriter and got it mimeographed and all that kind of stuff, it was probably, you know, he probably started writing it in like the 1870s for all we know. <laughs> and there might not have been much mm -hmm. vocal music, you know what I mean? Aside from opera. Opera, exactly. That's the only thing I thought of. I was like, well, yeah. opera's existed, but. So anyway, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and going back to the metal thing, it's like, yeah, I don't know if um, it's, it's that much of a thing, really. Well, and I, yeah, and I feel like of all of the genres, metal gets a treatment, it, it, it is one of the more parallel genres to classical music. Like there's a lot of that kind of sensibility about metal in my Absolutely, mind. yeah. And I think that, oh, it's funny you mentioned that now that we're on this topic, I'm just reminded of the fact that um, Jason, the uh, the vocalist for the band Origin, he told me he had like a, he, he's had a couple book ideas. And one of the one of the ideas he had was just essentially what we're talking about, about how so much effort gets put into death metal lyrics and themes and concept records and all like the stuff that everyone sings about, whether it's, you know, hammer smash face or whatever or like the space stuff that origin does or whatever but it's basically done for something that's for 90s 
plus percent people is unintelligible and they're never going to bother reading and just the the sort of juxtaposition of that and like the um the irony of that and yeah i mean i, I thought it was a great idea for a book yeah, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting i, I just but have I a side comment do that for themselves as well so absolutely I, yeah i mean but it's just kind of funny how you put in that much work and you know you think about sort of okay you have your drums your guitars your bass your vocals theoretically that's 25 percent of you know of a song divide or a song divided 25 percent four ways whatever and a, a full quarter of that gets pretty much ignored yeah <laughs> by yeah. like you know for for what for some you know for unless it's unless it's bad and then people will shit on it a lot yeah, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's, I guess that's not the intended reason for some of these people do. Yeah. I wrote a song because I want to get shit on. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're. Yeah, I guess we're. I, that was really actually a very interesting conversation. And I, I like this topic, um, just thinking about things from a different perspective than we might usually think about it. Um, I think as a musician, when you when we read negative reviews of our music, it can be very difficult to not take it personally mm -hmm. and to not feel wounded personally um, by people not, we might feel like people don't understand it or we might feel like people are just being um, pretentious mm -hmm. or something like that. And it, it's helpful, I think, to be able to, to think of it from a more detached perspective as well as a musician. Um, so I don't know if you could pick, if you think of one sorry, thing I, musicians. Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I the idea of taking stuff like that, per, I mean, I can understand somebody sort of being like, oh, this person didn't get it or this, you know, or being sour because somebody's kind of, I get for lack of a better word, shit on their art, so to speak. But the idea of taking it personally, I've never, maybe it's just me, but I've never really understood that because unless you know someone personally, <laughs> like how are you, how, why are you taking the, the review or the, the, the opinion of somebody who lives on the other side of the country or another country or whatever, who you don't know at all? Why is, why is that suddenly such like, why is that considered, why is it sort of taken personally? Or maybe we're just, yeah, it's you know, not maybe really I'm just splitting hairs, maybe just splitting yeah. hairs on the term. I don't know, but. Well, um, just from my own opinion, Kevin, just from what I've seen, since I've had to deal with a lot of bands who do take it personally, um, it's when the reviewer gets kind of nasty and makes cracks versus taking an objective approach is when that happens, in my experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bad Isn't review. Isn't some of that shit funny though? <laughs> it can be. No, it can be. But I mean, it's like um, a good example is we had a client, I think it was about a year ago. I'm not going to say who it was. And the review was like, they were tearing into the person's looks. Uh, they were just tearing, like they, it was just nasty. You could tell the writer had a bad day that day and they were just fucking venting on somebody. Right. right. So they took it personally in that case. And I, I can understand it. Like when you're getting into okay. like personal well, attacks like that, like, Oh, yeah, no, that's not the, that's yeah. not necessarily the stuff I'm talking about. I'm just talking yeah. about um, 
whatever, like some kind of like a review that's negative or something that yeah. the artist doesn't necessarily agree with. I'm not talking about yeah. outright. That's know, different. I make cracks about stuff all the time, but I make yeah. cracks about cliches. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. I think, I don't it's think because sometimes musicians can attach themselves to their yeah. art, and it is like an embodiment of themselves. And so, absolutely, part of it, a hundred percent. But I, I, I don't understand. I, you know, and I'm not. You know, I'm not saying this out of like complete ignorance because I've been in bands that have been reviewed badly, and I I'm wrote sure. a book that was reviewed you know good and bad yeah um so it's cool i I thought it was i thought some of the stuff i mean some of the stuff was like oh very justified in in the, in the negativity or some of the stuff was you know oh, i never thought of it like that or yeah this this person is ripping on me or bandmate or us and it's, it's actually kind of funny <laughs> it also depends upon the person's that's you know their own yeah their personality like i understand you know a lot of artists are sensitive and all that kind of stuff and we all are kind of you know we don't want to we don't want to get shit on in our in our own sort of community away from the mainstream i get that too but exactly i have a i I guess i i understand in some ways and i don't understand in other ways and maybe that makes me like kind of dumb but no um no i'm the same with that there's a band called coil guns who i used to work for they they're like more on the noise oh, the what's the one? yeah wow, you know, they're awesome. you know, yeah a lot but a lot of people hated them because they're kind of more like in the noise direction right so uh-huh. every time every time they got a bad review they thought it was the funniest thing in the fucking world and they would just meme it they post on instagram right. with a quote and like a funny meme and they just thought it was the greatest thing and they'd use it for self-promotion those guys could take it they just were like yeah whatever i'll have yeah, some yeah. fun with it but other bands will be like cry never now they want to quit so yeah it's a personality right like yeah. some people will just want to stop making music because yeah. they feel like they put all this effort into something yeah. and it was just as bad as they feared it was. Yeah. Cause they're well, me, well yeah. fucking a let's, let's post it. I fucking love it. And half the time the journalists. I like that. I like, yeah. We've talked about how to deal with negative reviews before. And I like that perspective. You know, I like the memeing. But uh, here's what I thought was funny is a lot of times the journalists would get upset that they were memed. The guy that wrote the bad funny. review. Yeah. <laughs> That was the funny part. God, you, you publicized this review I wrote for yeah. the public to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was that was what I thought was the funny part. So the reviewer was kind of getting. Why aren't you taking my opinion seriously? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I'll shut up about that. But I thought it was funny. So, so in the context of your, I mean, I guess since you're the only one in here who's in a band, Aaliyah, um, when it comes to reading stuff or coming across stuff that good or bad, do you have? um are are there widely varying sort of um what's the word not opinions but widely like sort of feelings or approaches or um just sort of like responses to the stuff you've read about your own band like do you, sorry I, oh yeah or, okay yeah there's been really dramatically negative and really dramatically positive mm-hmm. and I honestly feel like the stuff that's more middle of the road is the most legitimate um stuff that seems a little bit more rational and no 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 what I meant was within your band members themselves when you, so say for example you get a gloriously positive review um do are are there very noticeable differences within the members of how they respond to that or a, a, a 
a fucking lambasting like are there people who are able to laugh it off or brush oh, it yeah. off easier? well or, yeah because and then do you our, have like these inter-band discussions about like 100 percent, yeah okay we do that and i mean that's not that's natural because you know there's one songwriter in the band and so oh, okay. people that aren't the songwriters are not going to take it personally oh, okay so they're able to laugh at it and kind of help bring things center um and yeah yeah we have those discussions for sure I would imagine most bands do. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Unless they're like one-man projects or something like that. <laughs> one-man band arguing with himself about, <laughs> about some review he got. In oh, Messenger, he has two accounts. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, anything that we should wrap this up with? Um, let's see. What takeaways. Um... I'm just I'm just looking to make sure we didn't miss anything in your original notes there. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, did we find a, a middle ground uh, <laughs> analysis? And oh yeah, oh yeah, oh I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I guess the question, yeah, because it was associated to this idea that there's the pedantic approach and then there's like the flowery approach, and how do you find that middle ground and and address the meaningfulness in the music. Uh, how? I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know how you how you. It's kind of a big it. question. I mean, but whatever you have to say. I think you know what though. I think that there. Okay. I think I don't know. You know, it's weird because I would I would be interested to see how this particular the guy who wrote this book um like what he considered um good criticism or proper criticism and then all you know so he has that sort of idea of what it is is that all he wants like is he not is he not open to the idea that okay we can have a person be critical in a flowery you know self-referential way but we can also have people who are like, you know, very, very fact-based by the book, or we can have people who are in the middle, we can have people who are talking, you know, stream of consciousness, whatever. And it's, you know, the variety of it's cool. I mean, I, I don't know if I, personally, I don't know if I'd want to read the same sort of style of review or whatever, page after page after page, like the same thing. It's not like, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, does it come down to the, the basic of variety is the spice of life you know <laughs> is, is, it, is it that simple i don't know perhaps I, a disclaimer that i didn't mention is i mean all of these quotes are from the very first chapter i haven't gotten deep into this book and he i think he probably goes into more detail about examples of how to write and stuff like that but that's a good question and i mean what do you think you think about that like you want to have variety but is there is there like an absolute, this is good journalism and this is not good journalism. Like, uh, is it possible to tell? Good <laughs> Objectively. I believe so, yeah. I mean, I I would say yes, but I, I would also say that it's difficult to sort of say, okay, well, here's an example right off the top of my head or here's an example. Right, and difficult it's one to of those things that, it. it's like, I guess it's like music. You, like, you know it when you hear it or you know it when you read it and 
somebody else is going to think it's great. Somebody else is going to think it's hack bullshit. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, fair. Th th that's not exactly the, the concrete answer that I guess the world is looking for, but I think there's there's so much middle ground in in a, for everything. Like any any topic that you choose, there's you know there's always like you know that side that side and whatever in the middle. Like you know whether it's you know whatever it is, and I think there's I I like to think that there's room for everything. Um, uh, because you know, because there's all kinds of people. There, there are all kinds of people, and also, I mean, you don't know. You know, it, I think I think it was King Diamond who originally said it when I I read it in a magazine when I was a kid, where he's like, "Well, of course we're evil, but you know, um, of course merciful fate is evil, because you know, but you wouldn't know we were evil unless you had good. You need, you know, if everything was just evil, then it would be like, all right, well, this is what it is, and then whatever but if you have like what you consider good and you have the opposite force working against it then there's that back and forth there's that dynamic there's that you know whatever the thing on each side and the middle ground and there you go i guess with everything you else there's... the sunlight without the shadows there you go you wouldn't know what dark was if you didn't have light and you wouldn't know what light was if you didn't have dark and you know whatever <laughs> there you go and on that brilliant timeless philosophical note I think it's a good time to bring Can... this episode to a close. All right. Uh, well, did you have something else you want to say? Sorry to me. No, no, no. I'm good. No. All right. All right. Well, hopefully this oh, was. Uh... Read the read the read the next chapter. We'll be talking about it next time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen to the next chapter or whatever you're doing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm <laughs> listening. I will. I will like definitely bring it forward if I find some more little golden nuggets I want to talk about. So, right. thank you so much. Yeah, it was good. Good chat. Um, until next time, everyone, make like a bull, and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast. Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.